All right, so we're back to cutting room floor. Uh, we're gonna skip a little, couple chapters. Um, we're at Genesis 25 now, Jacob, Esau, and we're gonna sort of tackle and lean into this idea of, sometimes we just imagine like there's this chosen line mm -hmm. and we think of it's so you're like, really you're in or you're out, you're like chosen, you're not chosen, and you're gonna sort of tease that story out for us a little bit yeah. biblically. Totally, yeah. And it's interesting. So I yeah, had this concept of like God choosing, you know, I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It kind of can ruffle some feathers a little bit yeah. and creates a lot of controversy and the great, you know, beneficial discussions there. But when we actually kind of look at the narrative yeah. of scripture and seeing like this actually play out in the action of God himself yeah. and the characters, there's some really interesting things that I think take place. And so looking specifically at the story of Jacob and Esau, it's interesting because when you read through the narrative of these are two, they're twins, yeah. brothers, there's this sibling rivalry that okay. kind of portrays itself through these narratives. And then kind of through this, God is going to more or less essentially choose Jacob in his line okay. to continue on the Abrahamic blessing that we read yeah. about back in Genesis 12. Yeah. So to he does nations. choose Abraham. He does choose Jacob on yeah. some level. Totally. And, but then it's interesting because then you keep reading the story, then you have this Esau character mm -hmm. and kind of feeling that out, how the Bible portrays Esau and then his descendants, the Edomites. Now yeah. I kind of want to tackle this a little bit, but let's kind of, I think first kind of back up and maybe just read a little bit of like the actual narrative of when okay. they're born. Right. Cause there's a few hints in that narrative itself that I think are important. So this is Genesis 25, starting in verse 21 and Isaac prayed. So Isaac's the father. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. There's a whole backstory to that. And the Lord granted his prayer and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The children, plural, struggled together within her. So this is the twins. And she said, if this is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord and the Lord Yahweh said, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you shall be divided. One shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger. And when her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red and his body was all hairy as a hairy cloak. And so they called him Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name is called Jacob. And so there you have kind of the narrative when okay. these two twins are born. Now, just a couple quick observations to point out is you have this already within the womb as they're kind of in conception. Mm. There's always these, there's already these hints of this sibling rivalry, these yeah. two nations kind of warring at each other. Yeah. And there's also the detail that we're given that the older is going to serve the younger, which kind of in the line of Genesis, that's kind of the, the pattern that we're seeing sure. is that the, the blessing generally comes to the second comer or the late comer. Yeah. And then in particular, so this late comer, the one that comes second is Jacob and he's, interesting detail. We're told that he's grabbing the heel of his brother Esau. Now, kind of a, kind of a geeky thing, but it's also, I think really important is that thinking about like another time when we're talking about some sort of creature or animal or whatever hmm. coming after someone's heel Yeah. back in the garden, yeah. right? Thinking of the snake, the snake, right? Which yeah. is interesting because one of the ways that the snake is described is like someone who deceives hmm. and Jacob, his name and the way that he's portrayed especially in the early portions of his narrative is one who deceives yeah. and kind of on top of that though, again, Jacob's the one through whom the blessing or the yeah. choosing is going to take place, which kind of, I, I say that because it's important to understand that when we're talking about God choosing or God working through a particular person or group, it doesn't necessarily mean often doesn't mean that they're this perfect yeah, moral, morally better, better. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not about moral goodness versus moral badness, if you will. 
Um, it's just this very interesting component where Jacob is a deceiver. Um, he's like acting, he's being portrayed even at birth, kind of like the snake. And we see this played out where he, mm. well, then when you're talking about Esau, he basically tricks Esau into selling his birthright. So this is kind of early on, later on in Genesis 25, which would be kind of the right to be considered to have the blessing or have the inheritance from his father. Yeah. And then later on, specifically the blessing gets stolen from Jacob through the deception with uh, Rebecca, his mother, where he pretends to be Esau. And there's that whole narrative in Genesis 33 where Jacob pretends to be Esau and then their father Isaac sure, blesses sure. Jacob instead of Esau, which really creates this huge sibling rivalry where Esau yeah. is ticked at this point. Now, kind of that's kind of the Jacob side of it here. Now, Esau is obviously in the background, and he's part of this whole narrative yeah. too. Esau has his own sort of moral problems as well. Jacob's the deceiver. Esau has a nu nu uh, numerous flaws himself, where even as you're reading the story of him selling his birthright, there's this aspect as you read the narrative where the narr narrator even says in Genesis 25, 34, that Esau despised his birthright. Like, it's almost like he didn't even, even mm. want it, which would have been very sort of you know, odd and awkward yeah. to say the least for yeah. a firstborn son in that culture. And then especially his hatred and his desire for vengeance post the deception of Jacob um, is really off the charts. And it creates this whole kind of other parallel narrative story where Jacob has to basically, he essentially goes off into exile himself yeah. and he gets deceived times seven, if you will, because he has to work yeah, yeah. for seven times two yeah. to get his two wives, which is a whole other kind of story in and of itself. And then on top of that, if we're just kind of building the portrait out of this character Esau, he has a bunch of marriages that the, the narrator in Genesis 26 in particular and 28 doesn't really look fond, fondly upon. Hmm. And so all this to point out is that you have both of these characters have moral flaws, yeah, yeah. moral problems. Yeah, neither of brothers. them is a saint. Neither of them is a saint. Yeah. And what's interesting, though, is that as you read kind of the, the rest of the scripture, yeah. you have Jacob becomes then continue on the, the Abraham, Isaac, Jacob mm -hmm. kind of refrain, the Israelites, and then Edom or Esau kind of gave it away. Esau, his descendants <laughs> are the Edomites. Yep. And you kind of read through, especially the prophets, Jeremiah, Obadiah in particular, have not the nicest things to say yeah, they're about railing the Edomites. Against the totally, Edomites. all yeah. over. There's a story in the book of Numbers where the children of Israel are walking through the wilderness. They want to pass through the country of, of where the Edomites live. The Edomites reject their passage, and it creates this whole strife, this yeah. whole rift. So the sibling rivalry is continuing on generations yeah. uh, later. When we get to the New Testament, the New Testament does not have you know a very high view of Esau, if you will. Hebrews 12 talks kind of about Esau's immoral and godless behavior. And then Here's kind of the one I think can really trip people up, and I totally understand why, is that from the book of Malachi, Paul also quotes Malachi, quotes this line where more or less God says, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. Hmm. And that language can get and throw people off. I think you know most people can see, see why, but it's coming back to then this concept, kind of the, the theological term is election mm -hmm. or God's choosing. And the problem, though, I think that most people have with this is like, okay, is God then just hating Esau and all these people that are non-Israelites? Is this kind of this ethnocentrism only, you know, for the people mm. of Israel and to the exclusion of all these other people yeah. groups? What are we actually talking about then? Yeah. When, we, when Jacob and Esau kind of become like this portrait or this kind of window into this idea of God choosing. Yeah. What then do these two characters have to yeah. show us and their descendants about how this concept of God choosing yeah. actually works? Well, because you even talked about a few weeks ago when we were talking about 
Genesis 11 and 12 and the scattering mm. of Babel and the Babylonians and that through the Babylonian Abraham, right? He was going to bless the Babylonians yeah. that get scattered. Totally, yeah. And you're like, well, then the choosing thing actually kind of breaks down. It crumbles a little sure, bit. Sure, yeah. Because he chooses Abraham, but he's blessing all the people that all got people. scattered. Exactly. So is this different? Is this the same? Like yeah. what's going on here? Well, there's totally, yeah. So there's some similarities for sure in this. And especially, you know, I think it is very clear, especially in the Old Testament prophets that the Edomites, they do have their issues. They do have yeah. their problems. So it's not trying to ignore or sidestep the moral failings yeah. of certain people and yeah. their, in their behavior. Cool. Not well, at all. And full disclosure, the prophets also have a lot to say about Israel. Totally. Yes. So like, it's, it's, this it goes is not both like ways. they're, they're like, oh, we're perfect. It's like, yeah. no, no, actually the prophets probably have more intense things to say about Israel itself and its leaders than anyone else. Anyone else. Yeah, totally. So the, the, the judgment, if you will, works on all levels. Yeah. The, the, the playing field is level. Now, when we think about, especially this concept of choosing, I think it's important, again, you've echoed this already, that we always have Genesis 12 in the back of our brains. Hmm. God's going to choose Abraham and his family to be a blessing, not just to him and his family, but to the whole world. And so I think that narrative ought to always kind of be in the background. Um, and what's interesting, though, is that these nations in context, especially in the book of Genesis, are often, more often than not, a result of human sin and division from within the family of Abraham itself. Mm. And so you have Ishmael earlier in the book of Genesis, a descendant of Abraham, is caused because of Abraham's own folly yeah. and sin. Jacob and Esau and their division and their separation yeah. is because of this sibling rivalry that we're talking about. And as you kind of look through the rest of Scripture, so many of those, like, those paragraphs that we read that have all those ites, like yeah. the Canaanites, the yeah. Amorites, all the, you know, the ites, if yeah. you will, a lot of those ites can be traced back to mm. Genesis and the family of Abraham. And when you kind of do some of the work of kind of following the genealogies and, and skirting kind of all around with some of that, there's very particular and very interesting stories of certain ites, these different people groups being elevated to hmm. this position of actually being a blessing back to Israel. Interesting. So Israel was called, remember Genesis 12, to yeah. be the blessing to the nations. Yeah. And Israel has its own set of issues. We've talked about that. And it's not to the exclusion of all these other people groups receiving God's blessing to the point where even some of these ites are actually being elevated to be a part of this blessing in the world. So for example, Moses' father-in-law Jethro in the book of Exodus, he is from the line of Cain. He's a Kenite. There's one of the particular judges, um, J.L. from the book, or Judges chapter 4 and 5, She's from the line of Cain. Ruth is a Moabite. So mm. the whole ancestry of the Moabites kind of falls off of Lot, who is Abraham's nephew. And so Ruth is elevated to this very prestigious role to the point where she's in the line of yeah. Jesus, Jesus himself. Now, here's where this, for me, was really interesting, especially, specifically talking about Esau and his descendants, the yeah. Edomites. Uh, Caleb. So Caleb from the book of, yeah. you know, later in the Torah. In kind particular, of a big figure. Totally. Yeah. So Joshua and Caleb are two of the 12 spies that in the Numbers 13 that really and 14. Survived. Yeah, that, that survived the wilderness yeah. generation. They say in Numbers 13 and 14, yes, we can go into the promised land. So Caleb's like a really big deal yeah. in the in the Old Testament narrative. Caleb, he is descendant, the text tells us from, from various places. I have it in the notes here. He is a Kenizzite, which if you do the work of the Kenizzites, they were one of the people groups back in Genesis 15 that God told Abraham that the sin of the Amorites and all these other ites had not reached its full time of 400 mm. years. And so there would be this waiting period before Israel was going to get to go into the promised land. And so these are one of these people groups that in the book of Joshua, there is more or less told to kind of drive out. There's a whole you know rabbit hole sure. with, with that. But Caleb, back to this, as a Kenizzite, 
you do the legwork of the Kenizzites, they're actually descended from Esau and Edom. Hmm. So here you have one of Israel's prominent leaders early on in the, the narrative of Scripture as being a descendant from this line that kind of is this problematic figure yeah. earlier in the book of Genesis. Yeah. So in some ways we have this clean understanding of Jacob and Esau, and what you're saying is, Wah. it actually gets a little mushier. It, yeah. Because now you have Caleb, who's actually descended from totally. Esau, who's supposed to be the bad guy. Totally, yeah. And so all of a sudden, the quote, like, good guy, bad guy dichotomy yeah. and line is a little fuzzy yeah. in Scripture. And it's not based on, definitely not one's own ethnicity and yeah. own nationality. And it's not based on even moral behavior and yeah. what you do or don't do. It's based on the grace of God. And we kind of get yeah. this, you know, through the New Testament as well. On top of that, one more on this kind of, you know, genealogy kind of yeah. nerdiness stuff. David. Most of us know King David, man after God's own heart, clearly from the line of Judah. That's yeah. pretty obvious. You read through the David story. What's probably not as obvious is that if you kind of follow some of the, the rabbit hole here, and there's the, the footnotes and the, yeah. the references in from the book of First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 4 talks about how Caleb himself was also from the line of Judah uh -huh. and then follows that up with obviously David being from the line of Judah. Interesting. So scholars kind of put some of this together and make the case that David himself has some of the Esau Edomite blood so within him. So David, the, the pinnacle of the Israelite monarchy, the Israelite kingdom kind of has this aspect of, well, it's not just, you know, Israel, hundred percent, if you will, mm -hmm. there's this aspect where because God has worked through all these different people groups mm. and God is on a mission from Genesis 12 to bless the nations, that there's all these figures, all these ites that are more, you know, it's, you know, maybe it's one off here and there, yeah. but there's these hints that the mission, the goal is not just to be Israel just for Israel's sake, yeah. but Israel is to be a blessing yeah. to the nations. That's and the cool. Jacob and Esau story kind of sets up this paradigm for us to get us thinking, well, Jacob, who is supposed to be the chosen line, yeah. he has deception and he has his yeah. own issues. Esau, yeah, definitely has his own issues, but there's hints where his some of his own descendants mm. are, we could say the word redeemed yeah. and invited into this story wow. to be a blessing to the world. That's so, really cool. Yeah. I really love how you sort of tease out. And I think what you're showing me is some of those places we might skip in the scriptures, mm. actually, if they're mined for all yeah. they're worth, like, there's a reason they're there. Totally, yeah. And they're giving us these clues that really help provide this beautiful picture and mosaic, add some texture mm -hmm. to some of the assumptions we carry into a superficial reading. Totally, yeah. That's yeah, really I think cool. it's, yeah. It's all really important stuff. And I think just to kind of end with this, it echoes this really important idea that as humanity is living their life in the book of Genesis, often it creates division and tension and yeah. brokenness and sin. And it's creating all these relational fractures, especially yeah. amongst families and family members. But God is on a mission to reunite mm. the families of the earth through ultimately Jesus. Yeah. And then we get to be a part of that, That's that so story. Cool. So love it. Cool. Thanks, man. Yep.